How's it hanging, folks? Welcome to episode number 10 of the First and 10 podcast. My name is Mike Clement, as always, and beside me, I have Cage DePaulo and a special guest, Tyler Dion, is back on the show. How's it hanging, guys? Good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be back. Can I talk now, Michael? No, you can talk. You can you can wait till later. Okay, all right, um, I'll wait till later. Okay, you can talk now. Oh, hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? Welcome to another awesome installment of the First in Ten podcast. We are on episode number ten of the First in Ten. We're double digits now, dude. Honestly, we can almost take driver's ed. We we're getting to that age where we're just gonna start middle school soon. Puberty's starting soon. In fact, I think we brought Tyler onto the show to kind of give our podcast the birds and the bees talk. If just I'm here right. to talk to you guys about puberty and what changes we're gonna be going through in the next few weeks. Pretty excited about it. It's, All right, nice, nice. It'll be a good time. But uh, how has your week been, boys? You ready for school to start soon? Oh yeah, I'm going back to school. Um, Monday. This is the last so podcast. This is this is the last podcast that I will be home. So that means I can actually use my mic now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather do it live. Yeah. Than, true. Now we've got to deal with like do talking it seventy miles away from each other. It's just not the same. It isn't, and it's it's gonna be weird, and it's gonna be weird. It's just gonna like be I've not said, fun. Yeah. Already. It's it's. I'm gonna miss you. I might go back to my washer and dryer to be honest with you. <laughs> just, just crawl inside it. Crawl inside of it to record. Just go back to a familiar place now that you won't be here. I hope the acoustics are okay, like in the washer and dryer. Uh-huh. Tyler's been in them before. They sound fine. The spin cycle is the only thing you should be worried about, right? Well, yeah, that can be bite. But yeah, school's starting soon. I'm not looking forward to it at all, like the slightest. You start classes Tuesday too, as well, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, nah, uh, Tuesday, I think so. Yeah, pretty much. I don't yeah. know. I just kind of do with whatever Rick tells me. If I'm being honest with you, <laughs> but go to school. Yeah, okay. go to school. Wake up early. Okay. Whatever do you say. Work. But yes, school starting. We're getting ready. Last podcast together for the foreseeable future. So we brought along Tyler to reminisce and talk about what is uh what was it like interviewing for the job in Tampa while you were there last week? I thought I had a real shot. Uh, I was there. We were laying out in the sun. It was good. And then I realized I actually wasn't talking to anybody from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers organization. Oh. Uh, it was just some guy on the beach. And you get annoyed <laughs> after a while. He's wearing a Buck shirt, too. And he was like, dude, I don't work for the Bucks organization. Yeah, and you're just weird. like, nah, I was like, nah, why else would you be wearing that? So, <laughs> well, yeah, th- that was kind of unfortunate. It felt like I wasted my money going down there. That but, sucks. I really think you would have had a chance, too, yeah, if I'm I thought, being honest. I thought it was going well. Until Honestly, again, all reports are saying that they were bringing, they were considering Tyler Dion. Thank you. That's what I John thought. John Gruden put in a great word for dude, you. Yeah, I Last time so. he coached there, too, it was awesome. Yeah, I put in a good word for him in Oakland, so he owes me He did owe you. Well, I don't know if he owes you after what happened with Oakland. But we digress. We digress. Neither Oakland nor Tampa Bay was in the playoffs. And we're talking playoffs. 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 Yeah, we're talking playoffs. Yes. Before we talk about playoffs, though, Michael, there has to be a way people can find us, right? There has to be. And there is. There is. There is. We own our own website. We own it? We pay for it. We paid a lot of money for it. It was a lot of money. It was kind of a weird investment, and I really hope it works out. But anyways, our website is First and Ten Sports which is the number 10, dot .com. Not dot .org, not dot .net, yeah, dot .com. Yeah, or dot .gov. That, that costs more money. True. Um, but that's where you can find all of our podcasts and recent episodes. Um, we're going to start maybe using the blog on there. I have an bit. idea for a blog feature. Michael yeah. still doesn't understand gonna, what I tell him, but I have an idea for it. We're going we're gonna to start that up in the off season when things slow down. Um, After al- the Saints win a Super Bowl, of course. Oh, that's a hot take. That's already. a hot take. That's we're, my we're two weeks. We're two weeks away from the Super Bowl. Cage. Three weeks away. Three weeks away. Close. I think you're they're the favorites there. right now. Oh no, no, Chiefs are the favorites. Chiefs are the favorites. Well, but anyway, continue, continue. Anyway, so we also have a Twitter. We're trying account. to plug ourselves right now, Tyler. Can you just really let Michael do his job? Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Let Honestly. me. Cage. Sorry. Let me. Let me do my job. Okay. Anyway, we have a Twitter account. Oh, we do. We do. Where Never we, seen it used, so I. Yeah, know. we don't use it that often. We should start. We using should start using it. It is at. First and ten, the number ten again. The number pod. ten. It is always going to be the number ten. Little yes. spoiler alert. Always yes. the number. But not yes. for the first. First is spelled out. First is word. spelled out. Correct, correct. Now, Michael, say they don't have a Twitter or say they know our website. I mean, what other streaming podcast services could they find our podcast on? Well, other than streaming podcast services, we also have a Facebook account for those 40-year-old middle-aged people out there that still use Facebook. We are first in the and symbol, ten which is the number 10. And that goes for the same thing on the streaming services that we are are on. We are on Anchor. We are on Apple Music. We are also on Spotify. And I think we're adding to others. I think Stitcher. Yes, yeah, Stitcher, I believe. We are also on Stitcher. Yeah, we just got put on that lately. So, so if you use Stitcher, 
Yeah. Follow us. And don't forget the most important thing. Please rate us. Rate us five stars. Leave us a comment. Help us out. The more five-star ratings we get, the more people that find our podcast. The more people that find our podcast, the more five-star ratings we get. Like, we get enough five-star ratings. We get Tyler a gig at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers front office. Exactly. And then I'll have all the dirt for you guys. Yeah. And that that's how that works. That's where you can find us. But without further ado. Yes. We what? plugged ourselves. I'll plug ourselves later. The yes. people don't want to hear about school. The people don't want to hear about loans. Your family doesn't want to hear about how you called them a bunch of 40-something-year-olds on Facebook. <laughs> we should get down to the nitty-gritty, the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Let's get meat. right into it. Let's get right into Let's it. Let's get right into it. Let's talk about the divisional round. It was a very good divisional round. I right? went I disagree. one and three, and I disagree as well. I went it was four a, and oh. It was a terrible There was one round. good game, and it was a very sloppy game. But it was at least There was one close. good game, and it involved Nick Foles almost coming back well, to that's, a miracle. that's the last game of the weekend. True, Let's true. start from the top here. Colts at Kansas City. That was a blowout. It was. Spoiler alert, was, you'll hear this a lot. It was <laughs> Final score was 31-13. to 13. And, It never uh, felt that close either. It never, it never was close. And I can tell you those last, uh, what? Six points that the Colts put up after they scored that seven. It was garbage time. It was garbage time. There was nothing left. That was it. Last six points. So it was technically 31 to seven, if you consider it. And that seven points was from off a muffed punt, which you knew was getting blocked the second it was snapped. So really, I'd like to think it was 31 to zero. Chiefs shut out the Colts. That's that wasn't well, on the score. I don't report, know if we but... can make up scores here, but it is safe to say Colts did not show up to play, and the Chiefs showed no signs of rust, no signs of maybe Mahomes not being ready for the moment. Chiefs looked real good. Their real defense good. looked really good too. Justin Houston, D Ford, both like stopped the run immediately. They didn't even have Eric Berry. They didn't even. He should be back this week. That'll be interesting. I yeah. think that I think that really was one of the biggest things that one they didn't have Eric Berry, but also like everyone knew their offense was going to be you know a light show. It's affected their defense, and not only that, a defense that got ridiculed all season, but a defense that shut down a good offense. Andrew Very Luck offense. One of the was hottest, yeah. one of the hottest offenses in the season, and they made Andrew Luck look silly. Yeah. They made him look like he had nowhere to throw to. It made it look like Eric Ebron and T.Y. Hilton could do nothing. Marlon Mack barely could get it going on the ground when he had a great they showing gave, against the Texans. It. Yeah, sadly, both um, Ebron and Mac were my cookies this week, <laughs> and they both did not show up. So Was T.Y. Hilton that. not? No, that was the previous week. No, T.Y. Yeah, Hilton. Week. T- he played T- pretty well. T.Y. Hilton, yeah. T.Y. Hilton, yeah. T.Y. Hilton did okay. All right. But, yes, the Colts but, got embarrassed. You know what, like, confuses me the most? What confuses All you the most? All four touchdowns that the Chiefs scored were rushing touchdowns. I'm not surprised. That's how you have to win in January. Well, I mean, these games. and so, especially it's, it's in a so, snowy game, though. It's so different from what we saw at the beginning of the year when Mahomes would be True. throwing four or five touchdowns each week, though. True. Mahomes had zero passing touchdowns. His only touchdown came from running it in. Mm. The Colts just didn't look like they showed up to play, and when that happened, it's re- you saw it in most of these games where running the ball won the game. When when the road team came in and they didn't look like they were ready to play, the home team just ran it down their throat until they gave up. Well, also, I really think Damian Williams, am I pronouncing yes. it right? Yes. He, he's, a, he's definitely he's provided a, yes. a spark. I mean, I really remember it was like third and goal or something, the first score that the Chiefs pay, um, like had. Damian Williams was tackled in the backfield, and he just had the nicest cut I've ever seen from a running back. Completely had Darius Leonard and them falling to the ground and walked into the end zone. It should have been a minus two yard play, and he scored on it. He has a lot of moves. He 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 definitely you know he's he's definitely a stuff to learn, but he's a quality running back in a position they desperately needed once the Kareem Hunt incident happened. And I really think this Chiefs team is. It's going to be their game to lose this week against the Patriots. I think we'll obviously get into that future. But I guess we'll stick with the AFC for division rounds. And the Patriots also came out incredibly hot. I'm sure the two of you don't get a little too excited now. Yes, on Sunday afternoon, I was like, I was terrified going into the game. I was just like, I woke up at like 11 and I just laid in bed. I was like dreading to get out of bed. I was, And as soon as I was like about to leave... I gave my dad a fist bump. My dad, who's a big fan of the First and Ten podcast, we appreciate your support. And um, I came over here, and I did not stop smiling the whole first half. Oh, yeah. Like, to the point where it was such a blowout, me and one of my other our other buddies, we were just like, all right, whatever, we'll just play games, hang out. And Michael was like, no, 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 I, I want to finish yeah, watching there was the game. Like and, me min- and me and my friend were just like, Michael, there's like two minutes left, and the Patriots are up like 30 points, bro. Like, the game's over. And he's like... Yeah, but like I want to just finish. I was it. I was so impressed by Sony Michelle. He had a hat trick mm, for touchdowns in the first half. 
at that point, he had three times as many touchdowns as the Chargers did. <laughs> yeah. He finished the game with 24 carries, 129 yards in those three scores. I think he, as a rookie, he had a monster game, and he really helped the Patriots dictate their offense at the beginning of the game. Well, in no, I mean, obviously the Patriots played phenomenal, and they, they definitely game plan. But also the Chargers, I just, I'm so confused with what they were doing. First of all, they, if you're paying attention, they started and they had for, I would say, more than half of the game, they ran a seven defensive back set. It's what they did last which week. Which is what they did last week. But clearly you could tell it was incredibly affecting their run game because Joey Boza and Melvin Ingram couldn't play well enough to stop Sony Michelle or James White. They couldn't hit Brady either. They couldn't hit Brady either, so these seven defensive backs were doing nothing. So by the time they switched, also, I was looking into it, and the Chargers' defense is a primarily, like, cushiony zone defense. It's a cover three. It's a cover three. And towards the end of the second half, when the Patriots had such a big lead, they had to go man-to-man because they had to stop dropping seven defensive backs. And no one on that defense knows how to play man-to-man coverage. So there was misplays, miscommunications the whole second half. It was just complete... You know, dismantle of a team that was riding pretty high and had the best record in the AFC. And on top of it, Philip Rivers was losing his shit. Philip Rivers in the third quarter was cussing out the refs, cussing well, he, out well, his he, teammates. He, wasn't, he was yelling. He wasn't cussing. Cuss, all right. He well, he's sorry. He doesn't swear. He was yelling at the refs, right. yelling at his teammates. Every play, he was just it's getting what he does. And you could tell he was an emotional guy. It was a. It's arguably could be one of his last chances at a ring, especially with how well the team played. But he, it just seemed like both sides of the ball were just falling apart in the second half. And the Patriots, being the Patriots, just rolled away with it. Well, the problem is, I think they ditched the run game way too early. Incredibly early. Melvin Gordon had nine nine carries for 15 yards. He had a touchdown, but still. Melvin Gordon is one one of their best players, and I completely agree. The fact that he only had nine carries the whole game. Well, I don't think he was fully healthy. He's been injured for the past few years. Yeah, he has been. But the thing is, like, Phillip Rivers, like, just went out with, like, a pass, like, at the... Like, for, like, the first, like, couple drives, he just would only sling the ball. He was trying to, like, keep pace with Brady, it seemed like. And though it worked on their first drive, he, like, burned Stephon Gilmore for, like, an easy touchdown. He, like, it, it, they, the Patriots' defense really adapted very quickly. Well, what the Chargers were doing wasn't a sustainable way of offense. Like, yes, you were right, uh, Keen Allen burned Stephon Gilmore. That wasn't going to happen that many more times yeah. in the game. When you're relying on a big shot play to score, it's going to be a long and game. The, and well, they just kept went, going off of that, and you really just can't be one-dimensional, especially against New England in New England. Right. Yeah, and it, it's one of the few blowouts... I mean, the AFC was all blowouts. I would say the NFC was a lot closer. But I'm really looking forward, I honestly think, of any of these championship games to being this Chiefs-Patriots because we know how close it was the first time they played. It's going to be interesting to see how close it is this time in Arrowhead. And I really think both of these offenses are, and both of these teams are playing so well on all levels. Offense, defense, and special teams, the Patriots and Chiefs are playing really good football right now, and I'm excited to see them play. Going over to the NFC side of the ball, our first game was the Cowboys at the Rams, which I know some people some people feel like it's a blow in the sense of the Rams really dominated the Cowboys, but the score doesn't show that. Well, right, and even though it ended up being... Did it end up... 30 being, to 22. Yeah. Yeah. It, was in a, it was a one-score game, but you look it at... never felt You good. look at stats, I mean, C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley, who C.J. Anderson's one of the talk of the towns all across the NFL this week. Rightfully so. Rightfully so, balled out. But both of them had over 130 yards rushing each, where I'm pretty sure Zeke had less than 50. Zeke had no rushing, almost like Melvin Gordon. Officially, the Rams had 273 rushing yards. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys had 50. That Yeah, so and I know I know Dak had like 10 or something. Yeah. So at the very most, Zeke had 40 at the most. Yeah, Zeke had like 40-something, I believe. Yeah, like so, yeah so literally, it, he did nothing and did not show up, which we said last week on the podcast, if the Cowboys want to win this game, Zeke has to play great because Zeke is their identity. Zeke leads the games. Amari Cooper and Dak play well, but they play better when the defenses have to game plan around Zeke. And holding him to 43 points, you don't have to worry about that. At that point, then you know you're going to force Dak to pass, which you know he's going to force it to Cooper because that's their only main threat, and the game was over at that point. Well, as the thing that shocked me is that the Cowboys didn't try to do more with Zeke catching the ball because what when we've seen the Rams struggle, it's when a running back can catch the ball, especially when we saw them play the Saints. They have trouble defending these uh, these running back receivers out of the backfield, and Dallas never really tried to establish that at any point in the game. No, they, they never did. And, I mean, I think another big thing that's interesting me with the Rams that's really getting me to feel like they could be Super Bowl contenders at this point is just how 
mix Sean McVay is making their game plan. I mean, obviously, Todd Gurley's always been a huge factor, but if you look at it, you know, they have players like Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, um, uh, I'm forgetting his name, Cooper Cup, and all oh, of them. He's up for the year now. But. He is? I thought Farrah Cooper. Cooper Cup's been out? Yes. Yeah, Cooper Cup, like, tore his ACL, like, during the He got season. hurt, came back, and then... Oh, okay. Well, all right. Well, but they have, you know, still, they still yeah. have, you know, Brandon... When you have Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, who are two <laughs> yeah, exactly. great... That's great watch for And then... But then it's like... It's not like it's just a Todd Gurley show. They have other it's, young guys, too, show up. Josh Reynolds a few times has played... That's... Right yeah, now. Josh Reynolds. But then, like, like I said, it's not even, like... They had multiple 130-plus-yard rushers. That's crazy. Like, they were able to dominate the run game so much, they didn't even have to worry about passing the ball. You it felt like one of my Madden games. <laughs> like, I literally felt like I was playing Madden right there with that kind of style. And I think that's definitely going to be something good to look forward to for the conference championship. If you can say to your team, like, we don't need to worry. If they're covering the pass game, we have two great running backs we can hand the ball off to and just win the game with. Right. If they're making C.J. Anderson and Todd Gurley do nothing... Jared Goff can air it out to Brandon Cooks, Josh Reynolds, and um, Robert Woods. I'm getting the other, like, a terrible memory. So I really think that this Rams team definitely looks ready, and I really think their running attempt shows a lot of it, which was part of my grandma's cookies last week was Jalen Smith and Lake and Vanderish versus Todd Gurley and them, and clearly Todd Gurley and them won that battle. Right. Um, definitely really interesting. But the final of the NFC games, Nick Foles and... Drew Brees. Drew Brees. The matchup everyone was waiting to see. Could Nick Foles do it? It was looking like it immediately. Like, right off the bat. They say they put up 14 points. Yeah. For, I think Very it was, like, the first play of the game, Drew Brees threw a pick. Put up and no then, points. And then the Eagles turned that into a touchdown, and then they got another touchdown, mm. and then they fell apart. That that was it. Yeah, the Eagles scored 14 points in the first quarter and did not score again Drew after Bree, that. Drew Brees and Michael Thomas really got to that injured, like, Cornered, cornerback, yeah. yeah. There's only so much. Uh, I honestly don't even remember his name because he was on the practice squad. Trevion LeBlanc, I know, played. For yeah, yeah. LeBlanc and like someone Maddox. Yeah, that yeah, like Maddox. Maddox. He, had, he had a pick, but like like indeed they played well. We we gave them credit against their Bears um against their game against the Bears last week. They played well, relatively speaking. But like you said, there's only so much they could do with that injured secondary. Yeah. And also, it, it really looked like Sean Payton in the defense was able to figure out Nick Foles after those two touchdowns. And I think that's what makes that's why the Saints are my Super Bowl pick. That's what makes a good team. Yes. The fact that Sean Payton was able to say that quickly in the middle of the game after it looked like we were watching this game, we we're like, holy shit. Eagles are going to win this. Like, it was 14 nothing, 10 minutes into the game. Yeah. And then Sean Payton was able in such a fly to be like, listen, this is what they're doing. This is how we're going to stop it. And just like that, they put up no points. For the rest no of the points game. for the rest of the game. Granted, it is definitely a little concerning to see the Saints only put up 20 points, especially against an injured Eagles. I but think they'll be okay. At the end of the day, yeah, a win is a win. Yeah. If it takes 20 points to win, it takes 20. As long as they're they also winning. They haven't played in like three weeks now. Yeah. And they went heavy on Michael Thomas. He had yes. 12 receptions, 171 yards, a touchdown. Drew Brees was also looking hot. He only had 10 incompletions, 28 for 38, went 301 yards, two touchdowns, and, I mean, that pick at the beginning of the game, and that was about it. And, I mean, this is another team like the Rams, who, I mean, they're the they're really the front runner of the running back tandem with Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara, and I feel like they weren't even crazy this game. No. Yeah, they weren't. And th- that's the thing, and they could be crazy. I mean, that's why I feel like this game I think is- they will this week. Yeah, this is gonna this is gonna be a huge game to see because, like I said, it's almost like the Rams. There, you have two very similar teams where if the Rams are shutting down the Saints' running attack, kind of like the Eagles were, they can just be like, "All right, Drew Brees, just ha- pass it to Mount Michael Thomas for twelve catches. Like, we'll just win through the air." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's just like I, it's it's definitely gonna be super interesting, and it's really cool to see on the NFC side just how similar these identities on the offense are in their way of how they score and stuff. But, like we said, we'll go back to the Eagles quickly. Unfortunately, Nick Foles' career in Philadelphia is most likely over. It may be over, and or to, maybe Carson Wentz's career in Philly is over. All right, I we are not that. starting that. We are, we are not, not starting that right that's now. For a, that's a, for a future discussion. Yeah. Not here. I don't believe it. I don't believe it either. None of us believe it, so there's no reason to start it. We're going to ignore think, that right now. I think now. I would play devil's advocate if we ever had a... Do you know what? Maybe yeah, you could. I play devil's advocate last time. That's not what we're I here for. That's not what we're here for. A couple more things around the league this week. A bunch more co- coach um, hirings. So at the beginning of the week, it, um, the Dolphins pretty much announced that they are zeroing in on Patriots linebacker coach and defensive play caller Brian Flores. So I think Flores might take that job. I think he will. He probably uh, will. He should. Yeah. He should. Mm-hmm. I, he's a good coach. I think he deserves a shot at like a head coaching position. Yeah. 
and I think um, if he was to leave, the Patriots would be um, kind of linked with Greg Schiano, the defensive coordinator for Ohio State. Yeah. So that's interesting. Well, the Patriots are in a tough spot with that because they just lost their previous defensive court, defensive play caller yeah. and promo- and gave the responsibility to Flores. It's tough to promote in-house two years in a row like that. Yeah. Um, also, Bengals are looking into the Rams quarterback coach, Zach Taylor, to be their new head coach. I don't really know how to feel about that. It goes along with the it's, theme of if you know Sean McVay, you, you get can a be, job. Yeah, you can be a head coach in this league, and you'll yeah. get a job. And it goes with that, and that's definitely interesting. But it's also interesting to see where if these both happen, which they most likely will. Yeah. We have what out of the eight head coaches, I believe six were offensive, and the only defenses were Vic Fangio and Brian Flores. Yes. But they were also the two defensive coaches that were hired were on teams that primarily have a defensive identity um, team. So it makes sense. Yeah. Well, they would do that. So going uh, on. Oh, no, go right ahead, Michael. I was gonna. Are, are you all done with that topic spill, here? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Spill your spill so your knowledge. Going going down the line here now. A bunch of um, defensive coordinators were hired. Um, they were all former head coaches. Steve Wilkes, former Cardinals head coach, was hired as the Browns defensive coordinator. As uh, fans, not even as a Browns fan, but as first and ten advocates for Steve really, Coach, we really, are all very excited about this hire. Yeah, <laughs> I, I really like that hiring. That's probably one of my favorite for like this week to begin mm-hmm. with. Um, former Colts head coach Chuck Pagano was hired as the Bears defensive coordinator, filling in for Vic Fangio, who left for Denver. That's another good move. Jets are go- probably going to be hiring Greg it Williams. Official today. He did. Official it today. Greg Williams is now the defensive coordinator for the Jets, which is interesting. I, I, I had a hot take that Jason Garrett was going to get fired and he was going to take <laughs> over in Dallas. That does not seem likely that, that is not likely. Also, a big thing, I don't know if you have that written down, is the Colts fired their offensive line coach. Yes, I, I did see that. Really? He was the only coach on the staff who was hired by Josh McDaniels, which is crazy that they that Josh McDaniels had hired coaches on a staff and then still didn't take the team. Yeah. But I'm not going to go there. But, but he was the only one hired by Josh McDaniels, and apparently... Frank Reich fired him and let him go because just simply not because they didn't like him because apparently he openly said that he's going to be sending letters to all the teams trying to get him a job. He just wanted one of his own guys to have that job. Oh, was simply that, put. that makes a lot of sense. I mean, they had the best offensive line. line in the that's league, that's the thing. It makes that's, a lot of sense, but is it does it really when they had the best offensive line in the league? Like I think at yeah. that point you settle your differences. Even if Josh McDaniels hired that dude. There's a like he did a damn yeah. good job. If he, they went from the worst to the best. If he walks, he walks. But like, chances are he was probably going to stay. Oh yeah. No, so, one, like, I don't think any teams were looking into him. No, none. And the thing is, like you said, it, it it makes sense because that's what a lot of coaches do is they want their own buddies to help their buddies get jobs. And I yeah. get it. But it'd be one thing if the Colts had a mediocre. Like, just a decent offensive line to make sense. But the fact that they had arguably the best offensive line, Andrew Luck got sacked 18 times the whole season. Mm. Deshaun Watson got sacked 61 times the whole season. Yeah. Like, when you have that good of a job, is it really worth hiring your friend, your lifehood friend, to be the coach? Like, just, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. keep him. But that's just another small thing. As yeah. well, the Jaguars just hired... John D. Filippo. <laughs> you told their... me not to bring it up. Because he... you know what? I'm just, I'm before, heated. Before we started recording, Cage was like, do not bring this up. I will go on a rant. He was very specific. So I was going to, I was going to bring it up. But now, but now I'm now bringing it up because I'm, I'm ranting. I'm okay, ranting. Go ahead. Because here's the thing. Have here's why I hate this hire. We're going to, this is going to be the John D. Filippo podcast. I love John D. Filippo. I think he is a very good offensive minded coach and he could work well. And honestly, in a few years, he could be looked at as a head coach. I think this is a stupid hire for the Jaguars because the Jaguars, Tom Coughlin, Dave Caldwell, and all of them have spent years, the past like three years, specifically in free agency in the draft, building their team to be a run team. The whole identity of their team is run 99% of the time. John Filippo, watching him from a Browns fan and also like just a sports fan who's been taking notes on sports for the past few years with the Vikings and the Eagles and the Browns now, he I truly do not believe he has a single run play in his playbook. <laughs> He doesn't. That was the biggest reason with Kirk Cousins that they had potential with Dalvin Cook, but Kirk Cousins would be throwing the ball 40-plus times, and Dalvin Cook would be taking it two runs the whole game. Like, no offense to Filippo, but he just does not know how to run, so I'm shocked the Jaguars are hiring him to be their offensive coordinator when they had struggles this year when he's not going to incorporate Leonard Fournette, Carlos Hyde, or TJ Yeldon at all. Well... Jaguars aren't exactly a West Coast offense, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, I think that they're just trying to go in a new direction way too fast here. They're likely going to get rid of Leonard Fournette. 
whether it's cut no, him. No, they're not. They're not anymore? They, they had, like, last week, the owner, the GM, the co- Doug Marone, Tom Coughlin, and Leonard Fournette all sat down in a room, apparently, for a couple hours and talked about everything. Let it all out. Mm. They, like, the front office told him what their expectations are, and, like, if he doesn't meet it, he's not going to be on the team. Let it all out, and apparently they're willing to give it another year. They're okay. Wa- they're willing that's, to. That's good because that would have been like such a shitty choice if they did that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I mean, I think that they still might go for a quarterback in this draft. Oh, a hundred percent. They're they going to move to. on from Blake Bortles. Yes, they've they're, already said that. Yeah. So I'm, and Cody Kessler, I love my USC players, but he's not their answer. Well, not yeah. Right yeah. now, I think um, some mock drafts are thinking that they're going to move up to the Bucks pick over the Giants, so they could get. Um, I think it was uh, Haskins. Haskins probably the best quarterback in the draft. Yeah. Speaking of quarterbacks going to the draft, a uh, little college football right yeah. here for you. Kyler Murray's yeah. going in. Which not is e- well, huge. not even just that. Jalen Hurts is transferring to Oklahoma. Yeah, I saw that. another good to take move. to take uh, Kyler Murray's starting position, which yeah. is good for him. Honestly, gonna, he deserves it. They're going to make the playoffs like already. Jalen yeah. Hurts is one hell of a quarterback. Yeah, and he's their he's backup on Alabama. He's just yeah. not as good as Tua. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that I mean, this isn't college football. I was just you know bring that up. But yeah. yeah, I think one of the last coach hirings we need to talk about is uh my boy Chris Jones, former head coach and general manager of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, <laughs> is joining the Browns as their defensive assistant to Steve Wilkes. Well, good for him. Bring some like, Canadian flavor. So like, it's he, a downgrade, right? It seems like a downgrade, but like, would he be getting paid more? That's that's the thing. Michael and I were talking about this. Like, is he just doing? There's it? a lot more money in the NFL than there is. is he but just, more, he was the head coach and general manager of this team. You never know. You're telling me he is making more as the assistant to Steve Wilkes? As someone who follows the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, I think I, I don't think they've been doing so hot recently. Also, think about this poor Rough Riders team. In one night, they now need a new head coach and general manager. It, it's In a night. Thinking. They just need them both now. They're just like, all right, well, now we need a whole front office reboot. If you guys want to hear yeah. more about this, check out my CFL podcast. <laughs> First in A? Yeah. First in A? Hey, guys, come mm-hmm. on. Um, so, yeah. Also, uh... I'd be doing a disservice not mentioning Vance Joseph. I think I forgot to do that. He um, who's Vance Joseph? He was the former Broncos head coach. He oh, is now um, forgot him. He's now the defensive coordinator for the Cardinals under Hingle McCringleberry. Hingle so, McCringleberry hired him. Oh, I love yeah. Vance Joseph. Great job, guy. So I'm glad. Great guy. Vance Joseph. Stayed up Vance west. Friend of the first and ten. Friend podcast. of the first. Uh, so that kind of right. he's, he's an acquaintance of the first so, yeah, and ten podcast. That kind of catches us up to speed for things right now. I think um it's about time to move to our front, front table. Office, front office roundtable. Front office roundtable. Draft edition. Draft edition. Yes. It's draft. Not the draft. The reason that we brought Tyler here with us today it's is not um, because we wanted to hear what it was like to interview for the bucks job yeah no, we don't we don't care about that we don't know we, we, we just brought him here um so we're gonna be doing a cool little thing here we're going to be um going down the all pro list it doesn't have to be all pro also but um we're going to take turns drafting who we think would be a sizable big three you know Mike, pick three ca- i guys. feel like four can we do this talk about this on the fly I okay feel we're like gonna four. do four i feel we're like four. four i'm thinking of three i feel like i need four Who players need okay we're doing four yeah so we're going to see live what? on the on, yeah. on live negotiating with michael do you, right do you want, now do you want to explain it a little bit cage what well, we're going to be doing here oh i mean it was my idea i guess it, it i can was. explain it yeah so what we're going to be doing is we have decided the draft order ahead of time we will explain we will all be taking turns in a snake draft four rounds now to decide and draft who we think we would want on our playoff team that gives us the best chance to win the Super our, Bowl. This is our big four now. Our big four. Our big four, who we want the four players, it can be any position, that we would think going into a playoff, the playoffs, are we the most confident with to win us the Super Bowl, win it all. Like has to be actively in the NFL. Cannot be retired. Doesn't they could be all pro. We're looking at the all pro list, this but it season. could be anyone. This it's for this, this season. season. It's, it's for not this season. In their prime. It's not in their prime. It's this season. Who we would want to be going into our Super Bowl run. Like I said, any position. But once a player is taken, we else cannot take it. So say Tyler drafts Khalil Mack. I or Michael cannot t- say Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack is on Tyler's team. Like I said, we will have four rounds, and then after we will kind of discuss who we think have the best team. And you as the viewers, it'd be cool if you're listening to this to feedback on Facebook and Twitter. Let us know who you guys think actually drafted the best team for bragging rights. And so we can actually say, hey, Michael, guess what? Your uncle thinks I drafted a better team than you. Yeah, Stuff like that. Also, let us know who you would pick. And yeah, let us know who you would pick if you could pick four. 
Anyways, but let's uh Let's start. go. So we decided the draft order. Tyler is taking the first pick since he is our honorary guest. And Cage and I did two rounds of rock, paper, scissors, and I got swept, so I'm I have the third pick. Rock, Cage paper, has scissors the draft. Snake draft. Alright. With start the first off. pick in the first and ten mock draft, Tyler Dion, you are on the clock. Can or, I trade down? You cannot trade no, down. Cannot there trade are no down. trades. Well, in that case, I'm going to take one Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs. Why is that? Why is that? Yeah, give I us a little brief explanation. In, this, in today's NFL, you need a quarterback to win you these big games. And I think Patrick Mahomes just threw 50 touchdowns this season. He's electric. He's young. He kind of sounds like Kermit the Frog. He, he is my man. He likes ketchup, too. Yeah. He loves ketchup. I wanted to pick Tom Brady, but you guys would probably stop me. If he I loves ketchup. I was waiting for you to pick Tom Brady. I was waiting for you to pick Tom Brady. Brady would be a good pick, but at the same time, I see what direction you're going into because Mahomes has so many years left in the tank. Oh, well, Brady are we doing has... a dynasty draft here? Well, no, I mean, no, no. I th- it's just I, this I think season. Right, this for, the season. Play, for the playoffs right now, like he's doing very phenomenal, and I think for the future too, that's something to consider also. Okay, so so Patrick Mahomes is taken first on the board. Yes. With the second pick in the mock draft, I am taking Nuke DeAndre Hopkins with the second pick. Good pick. He has pick. not dropped a pass this season. He has not dropped a pass this season, and that is with Deshaun Watson is great, but that is with him be basically being double covered almost every single game because between Will Fuller and Demaryius Thomas, none stayed healthy the whole season. That is also with Deshaun Watson having fractions, fractions of a second, to to get the ball off. He literally had over 100 catches and no drops. He is a difference maker. And if I were going in the playoffs, I would want my quarterback and my team to have somebody who we know if it's a critical fourth down, if it's first and goal, if it's the first play of the game, we can throw it to you and you will catch it. And I'm taking DeAndre Hopkins. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. All right. With the third pick, I would like to pay homage to the former Georgia Bulldog, Todd Gurley. Oh, okay. Todd All right. Gurley. I mean, this is a league now where you can find very good running backs on just about like any team. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the person to bring in that era and the person who has been so consistent, okay, has been Todd Gurley. If I was, if it was a third and five situation and I had to hand off the ball, the running back that I would choose hands down would be Todd Gurley because he he is just so good at getting around players and just getting scores he goes off in fantasy and i know like fantasy like doesn't really have much to do with that but like still he, he's he's electric he can do it all he can do it all so so todd Gurley, tyler what do you think of michael's pick with todd oh Gurley? no i think it's a very quality pick especially you look three of the four teams that won this weekend did it by running the ball you need a nice running back this time of the year it gets it gets chilly this time of the year in a lot of places around the country you need a guy who can ground and pound and that's Todd Gurley. Yeah. All right, Michael. So, so now it's the second round, and you now get the, to pick again. I'm going to go with Khalil Mack, Ooh, the Chicago ooh, Bears. Khalil Mack, I have adored him for years. I, I, I really like his story, how he came up from the University of Buffalo. Mm-hmm. where you, you Very have, small school. Very small school. Almost no players come out of there. He is he, Since the minute he took the field in Oakland, he has been just so dynamic. He has redefined the linebacker slash defensive tackle slash defensive edge rusher position. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He And he just, from the moment I saw him play in Chicago, that week one game against Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. He I, played lights out. He, he was played crazy. lights out. And immediately, as I saw him get that like first sack or that first fumble, I just thought immediately, that man is going to be defensive player of the year. <laughs> and I feel like that I would be remiss if I didn't have him going into the playoffs. Going into the playoffs. Honestly, I, I think that's a great pick. Khalil Mack, I was toying with him. Toying with if he was worth the pick. I definitely agree with all the points you made. I think he is a staple. You need that kind of edge rush. You need that kind of oomph to, on your defensive side of the ball. A playmaker, a difference maker. I like the pick. Tyler? I love the pick. Yeah, I think, again, like Cage said, the guy I was even thinking about first overall in this draft. I just think... A dominant pass rusher can change the whole game. And uh, a dominant pass rusher can, which is why for my pick, I'm going with the pass rusher who maybe had a little bit more experience in the playoffs and Super Bowl, Von Miller. Okay, that's fine. Vonny. Von Miller. I uh, I think Von Miller would be great. Von Miller was a Super Bowl MVP. 
He deserved it. He had a great year, and although he might not have had the most statistical amazing year this year, he was still just as dominant as ever. He is still a staple into that Broncos even winning any game. It's not without Von Miller. And I really think if I'm going to the playoffs, I need somebody like him who has won many playoff games, who has won a Super Bowl against a great offense that can help me win that that playoff pitch and win that Super Bowl. I'm going with Von Miller. No, I love that pick, and especially uh, he's not just a defensive end. He's an outside linebacker. You see him drop into coverage sometimes, zones. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's picked off passes against Tom Brady before. He just got his um, 50th sack, I think, of his career or something like that, or 100th. I think yeah, probably I think 100. 100. Yeah. 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 Way more than 50. Yeah, yeah, that seems more likely. I think he did that uh, against, uh, I want to say, I think it happened Oakland. against the Browns. No, I no think, against we the Browns, live, yeah. Didn't we? yeah. Yeah, we because, watched like, live. I remember no, he, that. No, he set the franchise record, I think. Yeah. Yeah, he did something, but he's he's a very dynamic player. He... I think that he is, and for the past couple of years, I'd say like the past three or so years, he's been in the conversation for Defensive Player of the Year, and I think he is probably one of the best defenders in the NFL right now. A hundred percent, easily top five. A hundred percent, he is a force to be reckoned with, and I'm happy he is on my imaginary playoff team. Cool, Tyler, hit us with your second round pick. So we've had. Two edge rushers in a row go, and I say, why not make it three? I'm oh, he's JJ Watt at his team. Justin, J- love Justin me. Jeremiah love Watt. Love me some JJ Watt. Is, I think he, it's Justin James. I don't know. Justin J. Watt is Tyler's pick. He just okay. he, he does a lot. He's active against the run. He's active against the pass. Even if he's not getting to the quarterback, he's getting those big meaty claws up in the air. He's swatting passes. Oh, he does have big meaty claws. He's involved in every aspect. I understand he, he, he's had some tough luck with injuries, but when he's been healthy, I forget the numbers, but he's the first player in the league to have... I, I, I can't remember the stat, but it was like 17 sacks he's had like three or four times. Like he's, yeah. He's been one of the best pass rushers we've ever seen in the league. Remember when he used to also just catch touchdowns? Like, like there randomly. was like games where he would have a sack, a fumble, a fumble return on for a touchdown. Even, yeah, like and even then and then a touchdown, like catch. Yeah, uh, Houston's gotten better on offense, so they don't need him for yeah, that. Yeah, they yeah. put him in that like tight end just because yeah. they've had no one at tight end. Yeah, and they've and they've gotten touchdowns, dude. He got mo- there was like two years ago, he had like five touchdowns. Because they would just put him on first and goal and just throw a little fade to him. Yeah. I think they had him run fullback too. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's a difference maker. I, I was, it was literally, I was toying between JJ Watt, Khalil Mack, or Von Miller in my yeah. pick. It was honestly, they're all. Aaron Donald's I think. another great one though. Aaron Donald would be great. Yeah, I, I just feel I like the edge that they bring. Aaron Donald, obviously, Agreed. a phenomenal player. He probably is also almost him or Khalil Mack will win Defensive Player of the Year. I just like Von Miller. I also like JJ Watt. But uh, Tyler, you get to go two times. You get you get to start the third round oh, I off know again. I do. And for that reason, we're gonna grab tight end Travis Kelsey Ooh. to pair with his best friend in the entire world, I imagine, Patrick Mahomes here. Okay. I just think you in the playoffs, you need a guy who can make the critical catch, make the critical move, get himself open when no one else can, and that is what Travis Kelsey can do. He'll find that soft spot if you're playing zone. He'll I, beat his man if you're playing man. And on top of that, he's a tight end. He's not the best blocker out of these tight ends, like you see someone with, uh, with the Patriots with with, uh, with Gronk, but he can still he can make an impact in that run game, and I think that's huge for an offense. I think this season Travis Kelsey has made a case that he is starting to become more renowned in the league, like I mean, an Antonio Gates, a Gronk. Uh, well, I mean he's already been up there, but yeah. I think I think he's getting to that part where he's at most better than Gronk. Because mm-hmm. Gronk is on the decline fast. Oh, I think this season. I think this season. I hate to see it, and I hate to say it, but well, he, I don't think he's been healthy all season. Yeah, I, he I, hasn't been healthy his whole career. Well, yeah, and this isn't obviously true. a Gronk. Yeah, Travis he, Kelsey has been consistently healthy. Travis Kelsey is been consistently to... healthy, and he plays at the level Gronk plays when he is also healthy as well. Yeah. So yeah, Travis Kelsey. I think that's a great pick. Pairing him with Patrick Mahomes, you know, yellow chemistry. Yeah, there. exactly. Already, don't need to reacclimate to new settings. I like that. I like that. See, to me. That's great and all. That's awesome. But you need someone who's clutch on your team to win the playoffs. Because guess what? It's not always going to be the quarterback who makes those big moments or the running back or the wide receivers. How many games have we seen in our playoff history where it comes down to a kick? Don't do always it. Need. Are you Don't drafting a kicker? I am taking Justin Tucker. Why did you Why did you want to do four rounds if you're taking a kicker on the third? Michael Umphiris, I'm going to leave. Because really my mad. quarterback is even more surprising who I'll take. Oh, my God. And I'm taking Justin Tucker. You guys say, oh, my God. You're, taking, Justin, you're going to take Baker. Look, he's a great kicker. He's a great Justin kicker. Tucker is a phenomenal kicker. He's he the is. best kicker in the but league. Out of all the options. Hands down. Out of yeah. all the options, why would you take him? 100%. Do you not remember the 2012 playoffs of Patriots fans, I think you'd imagine? That came down to a kick, didn't it? You 2011. Need, 
2011, whatever, I don't know, years. You need to be able to kick the football, and you need someone. I'm not going into the playoffs without Justin Tucker or, like, Steven Gostowski, and that's it. I'm no one okay. else. I'm not taking Vinatieri. He's the GOAT, but he sucks in the playoffs. Justin Tucker is clutch. I don't think he sucks in the playoffs. He just, I think he, he's just, like... He's 78 He's years like old 70 now. years he did, old. You're right. He did poorly in Kansas City. But we're That's talking about it. this year. That's what I'm talking about. This okay. year. Right. No, right. This right, year, right. He, he was not going to the playoffs this year. Adam and Terry's 78 years old. Like you said, I'm not going to take him this year. No, Justin fair, Tucker yeah, is a Hall of Fame kicker already. Like I said, you guys are crazy if you don't think a kicker is that important. No, I think they are very important. We've, I was like going to take said, a kicker seen... or a center. I was going one or the other this I, round. Listen, as a former lineman myself, I very much value, value the offensive line. I am upset. That you did not take who I'm going to take next. If you take who I think you're taking, I'm going to be mad because that's my okay. last round pick. What? I'm not telling you. Okay, Go. I think you're taking Baker for your last pick. I'm not going to tell you. I'm not you. taking Baker, though. And I think it's a disservice that you are taking Justin Tucker over him. Who is it? Antonio Brown. <laughs> oh, I would take Justin Tucker days over what? Antonio Brown. Are you kidding me? Oh, my me? God. Antonio Brown is a real special talent. Antonio Brown... I, I don't even know how he's not on an all-pro team this year. He um, he is like one of the most clutch wide receivers there are. Mm-hmm. Literally, like he is. There, last year, I well, remember there were so many games that Pittsburgh should have lost, and Antonio Brown won it. For he them. was he was taken off the all-pro team because of his off-the-field issues. Yes, oh. that's why. Well, I mean, he his, was he was on it instead of Michael Thomas, and which is ridiculous. Yeah, Peter well, King, I'm talking to you. Yeah, his is really an embarrassment for Peter King. Yes, yes. Okay, so Antonio Brown, I think his personality is—it doesn't matter to me. He should get Mm -hmm. paid. He's a loud personality. He deserves the money. Yeah, that's okay. He does not have a—I don't think he does have a loud personality because this is like he deserves it. He's the greatest wide receiver. In the league right now, and arguably he's top three greatest of all time. He's yeah. he's stupid. He's he's, he's so he's good. very good. He he's deserves the good. money, and I don't think he's loud mouthing by being like, "Hey, I should get paid." Oh no, 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 not at all. He should get paid. He has the right to do that. He's, I think he's I, extremely clutch, and I I don't think I mean there are many receivers that even pair, like pan close to him, mm-hmm. and that's why I should be taking him. And I'm I'm dumb for taking him this late. I think I think I would still take Justin Tucker over Antonio okay. Brown. You get a second pick. Here, I do get a you second pick. You get for your final pick for in the draft. For my final pick in the draft, I'm going to take someone who is young mm-hmm. and who has basically become the face of their team. Okay. He's on defense. His name, Jamal Adams. Jamal Ooh. Adams. Okay. Jamal Adams. He's- you literally think that you're going to insult Top, Justin Tucker, you're going, but you'll take Jamal Adams, not even Derwin James. You'll I'm taking, take Jamal Adams. I am taking Jamal Adams. No offense to Jamal Adams, he's a baller. Great but Derwin player. James is filthy. And if you're gonna take a young one to two year safety, and I you're think taking, they're both fantastic. And you're taking, you have no right to give me any slack for taking. You don't even have a quarterback on your team. So I can't wait to play your team. I can't wait for Brandon Ween to line up in that playoff game, or for Brock Osweiler, or for Connor Cook to line up in that playoff game, <laughs> and for me to dominate your team. So go that, ahead, talk about Jamal Adams. So is, is that how time. this works? It's like Madden Ultimate Team when you just have a bunch of average players and then now we're just adding. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Let me state my case here. I, I, I really... I love Jamal Adams. I love Jamal Adams. You've got me so riled this whole podcast. Keep he, going. He is. This is his what? His like second or third second, year? Second, second year. Second year. And he's basically the face of the Jets. It's not even Sam Darnold. He like he leads that team. Mm-hmm. He, he has a great personality. He leads and he's such a young guy. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a leader on that defense, and there are few safeties, barring Cam, like guys like Cam Chancellor, who's pretty much on his way out. There are very few safeties that actually will lead, and I feel like the secondary is extremely important. Not one, just in general, but two, just in the playoffs. It's imperative. You got to. It's mental toughness. So you would take Jamal Adams. I would take Jamal Adams over Jerry and James. Any day. You would take Jamal Adams, and you think Jamal Adams is a smarter pick than Justin Tucker? Yes. All right, I'm moving on. Well, I do agree with that. I'm moving on. I'm moving on from this. I'm going to my pick. I've been sitting here, and I've been toying this whole draft. Who am I going to take? I First of all, I thought Tom Brady was gone in the first round with the two of you folks. I was going to take him. I can't believe he's not even being taken. I'm not taking Brady. So I'm like, who am I going to take? Who am I going to take? Drew Brees, he's a good quarterback. I thought about it. Drew Brees is all right. Cam Newton has Super Bowl experience. He's got the swagger I would like to see. 
Who else? I don't want Eli. Eli's not. Eli's outdated. Aaron Rodgers. I don't think he'd be the person I want on my team. There's an odd assortment of names, by the way. Odd assortment. I'm sitting here, and you know what? I'm like, maybe I'll take Big Dick Nick. Maybe. But no, I'm not. I'm taking Russell the Hustle Bustle Man Wilson on my playoff team. I'm pairing Russell Wilson up with my DeAndre Hopkins. He's got clutch Justin Tucker to help finish out games. Because you know why I didn't take the other they're overrated. Overrated. Russell Wilson makes plays. They're good. Brady's the GOAT. Greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, For this I was, draft. I was going to destroy you. No, if you no, said no, Brady's no, 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 no. For this draft, they're overrated. For this okay. draft alone. Russell Wilson. I, still I disagree. The whole reason I didn't take Big Dick Nick, I almost did, was because I feel like Russell Wilson. He hustles, he bustles, he puts points on the board when points should not be put on the board. Nick Foles, greatest playoff quarterback of all time. You cannot deny that. You can probably deny that. You, can, you most likely can deny that. <laughs> a lot of people I deny that. You for but but he, the difference with Nick Foles is he can sometimes stagger to put up points. I'm pairing Russell Wilson up with DeAndre Hopkins. They're scoring points all the time. They don't need. They need an okay running back. They'll be fine. He's played with a terrible offensive line and won a Super Bowl. He doesn't need a great O line. Uh, when they won a Super Bowl, that offensive line was pretty good. He's played a terrible offensive line I and mean, made, made it the to playoffs. the Super Bowl. He made, made the, the playoffs. Play. Didn't hurt Not to have the Legion Bowl. of Boom too. Yeah. It didn't. You're right. But Russell Wilson makes it. He didn't have the Legion of Boom this year, dude. And they actually made. Nobody thought the Seahawks were making no. the playoffs. Yeah, they were supposed to go. Nobody. Their defense was severely. Underrated. Yeah, but dude, it was not the Legion of Boone. Russell Wilson made things happen this year, dude. He makes Tyler Lockett look pretty good. Tyler he makes Doug pretty, Baldwin he's pretty, Yeah, but like he makes dog. Tyler Lockett look right, really right, right. good. Russell Wilson is my pick, and I'm happy I'm taking him he's around a, he's on my team. He's a quality player. Okay. Didn't stick I, my fantasy team, I respect the passion. Player. So, Tyler, with the last pick, pick in the draft. very last pick, I am so glad you both have skipped over him. We were just talking about him. Derwin James, please come over here under this team. I cannot believe team, you guys are team. taking safeties over Justin Tucker. I'm, I just, I'm mad that you see, took Justin I Tucker that corner. early. I looked so hard at corners and so hard at linebackers, and I love Darius Leonard and Stephon Gilmore, but my pick is Derwin James because linebackers really can only help so much against the run or maybe against running backs out of the backfield, and you have corners can really only affect uh, against their man. Stephon Gilmore will take away the number one, but that's all he can do. When you look at a guy like Derwin James, he can play up against the run on the box. He can back up. He can take away your tight end. He can play in the slot. He can do so much on this defense. And we were just talking about a guy, uh, the Legion of Boom and Cam Chancellor. That's who Derwin James almost reminds me a little bit of. He can do so much for a defense, for a team. I, he's my pick. He, he, he's, he's my final pick. I guess. DeAndre Hopkins, zero catches. Zero drops. Zero, <laughs> zero catches. Zero drops. Drop. Russell Wilson makes magic great. out of nothing. Justin, T I cannot believe y'all aren't taking kickers. All right. You know, Why'd you take a kicker that early? Because I knew I could get a quarterback in the fourth round. But if you're so... Dude, think yes, about it. Yes. Brady, um, Brady, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Nick Foles, Russell Wilson. Look at all the quarterbacks who are available right there. Yes. I knew for a fact... If you I, guys could have taken you could have taken Brady and there still would have been so many quarterbacks. If I yes. had if I had one more pick, I would have picked Brady. Because Okay, like, but you didn't. I almost took him first overall. I just want to get beat but up. But like regardless, all right, then you replaced Brady with Mahomes. Right, exactly. I would have taken Mahomes. There were so many good no, yeah, quarterbacks. Right. I had no need to take a quarterback to the last round. Okay, that's what I do with Madden. I respect it. I it, it was good. I almost never pick a quarterback. Regardless, we need to get to our game preview. It's yeah, we're we're, we're we're we need yes. to get to the game preview. Let's get to but, the, some well, real life stuff. Let's right let's just let us let us now just one more time, I'll calmly. Let's repeat the teams, just so the audience can know. Just okay, one more true. time. That's true. Okay. Unbiasedly, just repeat. So Tyler's team was Patrick Mahomes, J.J. Watt, Travis Kelsey, and Derwin James. Mm. My team, DeAndre Hopkins, Von Miller, Justin Tucker, and Russell Wilson. And Michael's team, Todd Gurley, Khalil Mack, Antonio Brown, and Jamal Adams. Those are the teams. Those are all solid teams. Yeah, I think these are all good. Teams. I really think we should not debate who had the best team because no. we're not going to. But I would like the fans to. But I would like the fans to. I would love if you're listening to this to please reach out and let us know who you think had the best team because I cannot wait to rub in all their faces that Justin Tucker was a smarter pick than Jamal Adams and Derwin James. Anyways, Michael, take us to the conference championships. Yes. So this Sunday, um, January twenty. January twenty. January twenty. Um. Both uh, championships are going to be happening. First, um, you usually don't see the NFC play the first game of the conference championship. Are they playing the first game this yeah, week? Well, it, it switches every year. They're playing at 3.05. Um, so you see it every other so, year, then. Yeah, so Some would say every other year you see them. Okay. <laughs> the Rams are coming into town. They're going into Nolens. Nolens. Playing, playing the one seed, the, the Saints. Um, so, 
So here's a little tidbit here. Oh, I love facts. Hit so, me with it. Drew Brees has had six picks on the season, including playoffs. Mm-hmm. Five. I mean, and um, the f- last five of six games, he has thrown at least one pick. The Rams' defense are third in picks. Okay. okay. So, just going off of that tidbit right there. All right. All um, right. So, I think a big key of this game is th- for the Rams just to keep that run game going. Keep pounding. Get C.J. Anderson involved. Get Todd Gurley involved. And the Saints' defense isn't going to know what hit him. Mm. The Saints, on the other side, they got to keep Aaron Donald in that pass rush off Drew Brees. That's the biggest thing. For, I mean, in my opinion, I'd love to hear no, keep, what you guys have to think. I mean, Tyler, I'll let you go. I'm, I'm preserving my thoughts. I'm just okay. taking it all in. Well, so uh, so my pick for this game is is actually going to be the Saints. Uh, and the reason I'm going with <laughs> you're that showing way, your, You're showing your cards early. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very open here. Uh, I'm going with the Saints. and I, But I think it's going to be a good game. And uh, like Michael was saying, I think the running, running backs on both teams are going to play a huge part in this game. And I think... The Rams, and you guys actually talked about this on a way earlier episode of the podcast, about how the Rams and the Chiefs and other teams have been playing this kind of defense where they're trying to force turnovers. And if they allow a touchdown, oh, well, maybe we'll get a turnover next time. And I just think that Drew Brees and the Saints aren't going to make that many mistakes. And I understand Michael had this fact about the interception with Drew Brees, but I think Drew Brees and Sean Payton playing at home are going to get the job done. But I think it's going to be largely because of those running backs, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. I think they're doing a great job. Uh, they both balled out last time they played the Rams. The Rams struggle with that. If they want to keep Aaron Donald off of, uh, if they want to keep Aaron Donald, Dante Fowler, and Nadama Gansu away from Drew Brees, you run screens, you run draws, you do things to make that pass rush think twice before trying to get home. Now I talked for a long time, so you guys feel free. So to... here's my take on things here, mm-hmm. and this is a really shitty take. I'm gonna start out with that. The Saints haven't really been in the limelight too much. No. They're not really that used to it. You know what team has to be used to being in that spotlight 24-7? What a team? A team based in Los Angeles. One of the two biggest cities in the country. Mm. The Rams have had a lot of scrutiny in the past two seasons. Last season, why didn't they get past the divisional? Mm. They, uh... They, they, they were just inexperienced, They I disappointed think. last year. I- Jared Goff is back. Todd Gurley is rolling. I think that, uh... I, out, of, out of both of these teams, I feel like when it comes down to it, pressure situations, the Rams have been uh, they have fared better. Just look at a couple of the last games the Saints have. When they went into Carolina, they almost dropped that game. I I they, I also they, they almost lost to the Eagles. I also think the Saints have almost had almost like a I'll, I'll call it a Patriots effect, and I'll explain why. Where worst teams it almost seems like sometimes they just they they every single team plays their best against them that's like you said that's what happens to the patriots no matter how bad the team is that they're playing that team's gonna play really well because that's their super bowl i mean that and that's a thing and and my thing is i get what you're saying michael but the saints only lost three games and really really it was only two the last game they benched everybody they benched everybody and everybody one of their other losses was the very first game the the first game of the season so i mean and they also got didn't they get shut out by uh, Dallas? No, they, they put shut up out. 10. No, they, they they, put Dallas won like 24 to 10 well. or something yeah, like right. that. that, that but, that's like a and big... Dallas, but Dallas is a very good defense. They, they're very not, good. They're not a conference championship defense, yeah. as we can see. Yeah, but they do. But the, yeah, but that Dallas defense is better than the Rams defense. My thing well, is... Well, would, sh- you, would you argue that Dallas's defense is better than LA's? Yes, 100%. I think you that... You mean to tell me Aaron Donald, LaMarcus Joyner, Akeem Tlaib, Marcus Peters... Just the list goes on and on. Mm-hmm. They are, and you're, they are I worse. I think the Rams defense I get the Rams has 11 really good players, players that don't play very well together. Yeah, I completely agree, dude. The Rams defense has a, basically a full defense of Pro Bowl players. They're all guys but who just got signed this offseason. Yeah, but that's the thing. The chemistry is not there compared to the Cowboys, dude. They they play phenomenal. Their defensive back coach has been coaching so well. He was like in the names of who could he, be a head coach. Dolphins almost hired him. They're playing very well. I think the Cowboys do have a better defense. And I think the thing with the Rams, and the reason I think they're going to lose is because I just think when it comes down to it, Sean Payton and Drew Brees have been in this situation before. They are trying to win. Dude, they are 7-0 in the Superdome in their career, and they are here to win a Super Bowl. That is a tough place to play. They are here to win a Super Bowl. And even if you could say Drew Brees the last half of the the season, he didn't put up 40-something points a week, but he still won games. And I really think they're going to go into this 
And I think they're going to be able to win games. They are going to be hyped. They are going to be ready to go. And I think that the Rams are a good team. And I really think in the next oh, couple of years, the Rams are going to be in the Super Bowl. Sean McVay is only getting better as he keeps coaching. I just think that the Saints are here to win. And I think they're going to pull it off because of that. I think Sean McVay's time is now. Think, I, it could I be. Think, oh, I it think, could be. I don't I think, think this the, is a crazy take. I think the Rams are going to roll into New Orleans and take it. Listen, I told you. I said off the podcast the other day, my dream Super Bowl is Chiefs-Rams because of how much I love that Monday Night Football okay. game. That was the best game I've ever seen. I would love to see a second part of that. I would love to. I'm, go- I'm going to give my uncle, who is a Rams fan, mm-hmm. a nod here, and I'm going to go Rams. You're going to go Super Rams? Bowl. All right, so we got two Saints and one Rams. I, w- I was Saints actually at the beginning of the playoffs too, so I'm go- I'm going to stay consistent. I had Saints oh, yeah. versus Rams, and I had Saints over Rams. So. Okay, so we have two Saints and a Rams. Let's go to the AFC side, which okay. I'm sure I have a hunch <laughs> at how this is going to be going. This, this one's just a be hunch. Pretty pretty biased here. Um, I won't be biased. Don't worry, by guys. 40. So yeah, um, a little uh, little tidbit going into this, like like the mm, last. I'd one. love to see what Patriots fact you so, have right here, please. Andy, in conference championships. Andy Reid is one and four. Okay. Bill Belichick. Well, let me guess. He's seventy and zero. Eight and four. <laughs> there we go. So look where all those losses have come. I believe most of them all away. Up. No, he did lose one at home. At least one at home. Yeah, three away. Ravens, but yeah. Anyway, so I feel like the biggest the the biggest thing that the Chiefs need to do they have the advantage here. They have home field advantage. Arrowhead is going to be definitely a factor that is going to be overwhelmingly in their favor. They, what is super imperative is that they need to get at Brady. D. Ford and Justin Houston have to have the same, if not better, performance that they did last week. Mm-hmm. They got to hit Brady because literally there, the video surfaced today of uh, Joey Boza on the Chargers la- over on over last weekend getting to Brady and being like, damn, you really aren't washed up. <laughs> Dude, he, that, I Brady, Brady was kept clean all day. Well, that's the thing. But the thing the is, that's common knowledge. Think about it. The last time the Patriots weren't in the Super Bowl was the year they played the Broncos, one, in Denver. And two, the, what, remember that game. You remember it. Von Miller, Derek Wolf, they were eating Brady. They and were the, down his throat. The time throw. before that, the Patriots also lost in Denver. The last the last two times they've lost were two yeah. Denver. And yeah. both times, Von Miller was eating Tom Brady. That's how you beat the Patriots. You have to suffocate Tom Brady, and you also have to play them. They have to be the away team. Those two factors, and I really think that helps the Chiefs. I think Arrowhead's going to be a huge factor, like you said. I think they also need to get to Brady. And the thing is, Patriots, they're, what, 18-0 at home so far? They haven't lost a home not game. 18-0. They have not lost a home game uh, since sometime last oh, yeah, year. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. The, the Panthers, Chiefs game, actually. No, the oh, Panthers. The Panthers, right, the Panthers right, last right. year is the Thank last you. time they Thank lost you. at home. I was looking into this. So it's been over a year, real time, since the Patriots have lost a home game. They're not playing at home. And I get it. Tom Brady's amazing, and I I do not put it past Tom Brady to find a way to win this game. But the Patriots, and I don't also I don't think the Patriots are the underdogs. You cannot consider the greatest quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time and a team that has been to the Super Bowl what eight times in the past eighteen years the underdogs in no situation. I think the Chiefs have an advantage, but I don't think the Patriots are the underdogs, and that's why I think it's crazy that all these media things are like the Patriots. How can well, you ever say that? The odds have it. I think um, it's Chiefs are three points. Yeah, and I, I agree with the Chiefs favorite. being the favorites, but I would still would yeah, not I put that as the Patriots yeah, you, as an underdog. And it's gotten to the point where the everyone on the Patriots got so fired up against the Chargers, and they they showed it. And still going. It, it, yeah, it's gotten to the point where I think um, Kyle Van Noy like just told Max <laughs> Kellerman to like shut up today. <laughs> um, so I think I think the Patriots are here to play. I'm gonna take them. I think I, I think that it's going to be a very very close game, and the only way that the Patriots will win is in a very very close situation. I it's not going to be anywhere close of what they did in, against the Chargers. If anything, the Chiefs probably five times out of ten will take this one. I think actually even more than that. I think seven out of ten times the Chiefs will take this one. I think that the Patriots will get it done though. Tyler. So it's going to be a very interesting game. Uh, Chiefs play very well at home. Their defense has been outstanding at home. Like as much as everyone says how bad the Chiefs' defense has been, they've been very, very good at home, and that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, Patriots. I mean, it's it's an old narrative. They're three and five on the road. Uh, Brady does not have a good history in Arrowhead. It's a very tough place to play. This isn't just playing on the road in in Indianapolis. You know what I mean? Like this is Arrowhead. It's very famous for being a hostile environment. But I mean. This is very biased. 
I'm still going to go with the Patriots to take this one. I think both teams, though, are going to have to run the ball a lot. Uh, I think the Patriots were the 30th worst team against the rush, and the Chiefs were the 31st worst team against the rush. Yeah, it's so. it's. I mean, also, especially if it is really bad weather, they've it's been fluctuating. Well, although, now we're seeing it's going to be... See, when they were calling for temperatures around 7 degrees, I thought that actually helped the Patriots a little bit more. You got a guy like Mahomes who lived his whole life in Texas. Yeah, that would be the coldest game, I think, in Arrowhead history. Yes. But, but now they're calling for temperatures around like 25 is the high for the day. I mean, m- maybe slips to, down to around 20 for game time, but still not nearly as cold as they, they I saw as low as negative eight, I believe. Mm-hmm. So, but again, I'm still going to go with the Patriots. I just think it, you, I'll never, ever pick against Brady. And that's not even just a bias thing. Like Cage was saying, how, how do you pick against the greatest of yeah, all time? Exactly. That's, and like he's, the, he's been in tougher spots before. Like it's tough. It's for a good me Patriots to, team. It's not, it's not the best they've been, but and it's tough for me to pick because like I just said like 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 it's you can never pick against Brady I I'm going to say I can envision I don't want to say pick I can envision the Chiefs in the Super Bowl only because I think home field advantage is going to be so huge I think if this is in Foxborough Patriots are in the Super Bowl 10 out of 10 so regardless I think home field advantage plays that much of a factor and I, I mean I truly think this is almost like a passing of the torch I really think Mahomes is a special kid, and I really think we're going to be seeing a lot of him. I know everybody I've talked to, mostly Patriots fans, all they say is Andy Reid's bad at time management. He's going to blow the game away. Yes, Andy Reid has his troubles with time management. Still I one don't, of the best coaches ever. He's still one of the best coaches, and I don't think that's going to affect the play Mahomes has. He, yeah, he's bad at time management, and it's easy to pick on that when Alex Smith, no offense to Alex Smith, he's obviously a decent He's a game manager. He's though. a game manager. Patrick Mahomes decides games and yeah you know you said the thing they won all four touchdowns on the ground none where Mahomes that's the thing he can win games like that he doesn't need yeah, no to doubt. throw seven touchdowns he in like I said Arrowhead is going to be huge think about how much they a good team the around shook. their it, defense plays better and I I really think this Chiefs team is fired up I think the Patriots I, they proved me wrong I really thought that this wasn't an amazing Patriots team and Tom Brady like I said being the greatest proved me wrong last week so that's why I really think it's gonna be a great game and I think I can see the Patriots being winning this as well like I can a hundred percent see the Pats in the Super Bowl just as much as I can see the Chiefs I just think the little edge the Chiefs have it's their game to lose and I'm going to say I could see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl so the unbiased fan in me looks back to 2015. Uh, Patriots were looking pretty good that year. They had a weird loss against the Broncos in the regular season. Chris Harper muffed a punt. The Patriots eventually lost in overtime. They had a weird loss against the Dolphins like last week of the season. Steve, that was a Steven Jackson game. Kept running with him. Lost that game. Did not get home field advantage in the playoffs. Went into Denver. Patriots in Foxborough probably win that game. Instead, they lose to uh, to Denver in Denver. Denver goes on. Peyton Manning gets to ride up into the sunset with the Super Bowl championship. You look at this year, Patriots have the number one seed if the Miami miracle does not happen. If, mm-hmm. if Robert Gronkowski uh, is not on that field and they make that tackle, Patriots are 12-4, and four, hold the tiebreaker over the Chiefs. And the Chargers, also, and, though? Well, the Chargers didn't win the division anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Oh, okay. So Patriots would have had the one seed. They'd be hosting this game. And, like, we, I think we all agree, Patriots probably win this game in Foxborough. Mm-hmm. So the unbiased fan of me looks at that, and this this team reminds me a lot of that 2015 team where they seemed good but never really put it together. I, but, again, I, I'm going Patriots because that's who I am, I guess. I talked, solid a, point. I talked a lot this episode, guys. I was very vocal. Okay. I'm, I'm kind of hungry. Yeah. You 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 put in a lot of Nana? this one. I put a lot of. I see my. L- let me call Nana real quick. My Nana. Oh, do you smell those cookies? Wow. Oh, my Nana. She's already in the kitchen. Them. She's already in the kitchen. There they sound. Hmm. I wonder what she's making. <sighs> Michael, what do you think she's making? You know, earlier this week, I I kind of mentioned that um, just for old times' sake, I was um, I, I gave her like a little cookie cutter. Mm. It was in the shape of a goat. As you do. Oh, yeah, a goat. Oh, in the shape okay. of a goat. I I think my cookie this week. It's it's got to be Tom Brady. It's Tom Brady. Huh? It's got to be Tom Brady. I love your grandma for that, Michael. Yeah, if any, it in all odds, mm-hmm. any other quarterback in this situation would lose. Yeah. In Kansas yeah. City. Oh, yeah. Against probably the best offense in the league. Well, I mean, Philip Rivers did do it a couple weeks ago, but continue. Well, yeah. I mean, in, very true. In an AFC championship, the only good quarterback Chiefs have played in Arrowhead. True. In an AFC championship setting. Andrew Luck. Tom Brady, ten out of ten is who I would go with at, at, for a quarterback. He he might be on his way out. Hell, he could even retire after if they win the Super Bowl. He could retire. He we don't could know retire that. if they lose this week. He could retire. Yeah, he could retire he could tomorrow. Reti- he could. I think. I think that this is going to be his one win. last ride. 
This is going to be his last Super Bowl ring. Mm-hmm. And it can't be done if he doesn't go right in the arrowhead and stick it to Patrick Mahomes. Sure, Patrick Mahomes, two, three years down the road, is going to be the best quarterback in the league. Well, no maybe, doubt. Besides Baker Mayfield. But besides maybe, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. But I think Tom Brady is going to show us one more time that he's Tom Brady. And mm-hmm. we should all respect him. Okay. He's all got right. that chip on his shoulder right now. Everyone's saying he's washed up. Mm-hmm. I even started thinking it. But in that showing in week 17 and then in the divisional round, I think that him and his team are here to play. Okay. All right. That's a that's a very elaborate cookie. But I like the symbolic. I like the symbolism in your cookie. Yeah. I appreciate it's a goat. One I last do. hurrah. One last hurrah. Tyler, what what do you think? <laughs> I, I don't know, Tyler. What is... It might be burning again. Oh, Man, yeah. She's not great with cooking, but my cookies are going to be the Saints running backs. Uh, I, I alluded to this earlier when we were making our game picks, and I just think that the last time they played, they both played well. Now, conversely, the Rams running backs played pretty well against the Saints in that they matchup do. as well. Uh, that was when they had But Malcolm you think Brown. the Saints... You think the, again, you I'm picking the Saints, the Saints running, back. running backs. I think that is how they will... I think that's why the Saints will win the game. Mm-hmm. Not to say Drew Brees will play badly. I don't think he'll need to play that well, just yeah. because I think the running backs... Both in the running game and the passing game, are going to do so well slowing up that LA pass rush. Guys like Aaron Donald are going to run up. They want to get the quarterback. They're not going to notice Alvin Kamara slipping behind them. Mm-hmm. They're not going to notice the draw coming up the middle. And I think that's where the Rams are really going to get hurt this week. And again, so yeah, uh, Saints running backs. Okay, okay. what you got cooking? Cage? See, I my grams. I'm like, I can kind of smell them. I can see the ingredients she's putting in, and for some reason, it's it's packed. There's like a lot, a lot in this cookie, like. It is just really just it's a, a meaty cookie. It's a full, it's a giant cookie. And it's like she put it in the oven and it's so loud. Like I can just hear the oven screaming. Almost like a sold out arrowhead stadium. And that's what my cookie is. Can't you sure it's not a baby that your nana might have put in the oven if it's screaming? Oh, oh not again. True. Oh, <laughs> nah. It wouldn't be the first time. I remember when I got pulled out of the oven yeah. one time. Yeah. Oh, but no, my my cookie is the fans of Arrowhead. Okay. I, like I said during my game preview, Chiefs I think Kingdom. Chiefs Kingdom. I think that decides who wins. Not decides, but it is one of the biggest things to who wins. If that Chiefs fandom is not scream, is not breaking the decimal system they're going for how them. loud they're going to be when Tom Brady is on that field, the Chiefs are losing that game. They and the Seahawks actually trade back the yeah. record for loudest. If the like Chiefs fans, so. do not, if if the ground is not shaking when Brady is on that field, the Patriots are gonna win and the Chiefs will lose. That is all determined up to that. And my grandma is making a thousands and thousands of people packed cookie right now, ready for Chiefs Kingdom. <laughs> she put way too many chocolate chips. She in put it. way too. It literally just looks. It is like a chocolate just, cookie. It's just melted chocolate. Yeah, and that's all. Like you cannot actually see the cookie. It just looks like she melted a bunch of chocolate chips. That is how many cookies are in that. Just like a little bit of cookie, but it's just mostly. It's chocolate. not. Yeah, it's just yeah. The little bit of cookies the Patriots fans. It just really is not that. On your point on this crowd noise, the last road game the Patriots played in Pittsburgh, the crowd noise affected them so badly. Uh, you get the false starts and the holding mm-hmm. penalties with Marcus Cannon and Trent Brown. You might see those again, and I, I I would expect the Patriots are practicing with a lot of noise going on in their facility, pumping music, but it's still. No what match do you think they're listening thing. to? Uh, well, if you follow Mike Reese on Twitter, actually, he tweets out the, the set list, actually. Uh, oh. It's a lot of Migos, actually. That's sad. A lot of, a lot of Migos. That's, that's really sad. I was really getting ready that we could, like, hypothesize that it's, like... I mean, we don't know what goes nice, on after. Like, we only know, like, the first like three. Like, EDM so. music. It might or, like, okay, okay, let's just let's just end it here. Are you sure? Yeah. What? I don't... I, Le- okay. I'm just, trying trying to, to, you, I'm just trying to wonder what music the Patriots listen to during their during their workouts. Okay, okay. You know what? You want to end it for us, Cage? You no, know, why don't you tell them where you they guys, can find you, us? You guys haven't plugged your social media yet. Okay. Yeah. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, um, you can find us on our website, firstand10sports.com, the number 10. Our Twitter, first, at, I mean, at first and 10 pod number 10. Um, our Facebook, first and symbol 10 the number 10. And that's the same name that you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Anchor and Spotify, so we got a lot going on there. Um, and to that, I would say, have a good night, um, and we will see you. And next don't week. forget to put online that I have the best draft. Yeah.